Good Tuesday afternoon to all. Welcome to uh, an edition of Bill Allen's Facebook Studies. We are studying through a daily devotional book twice a week, one on Thursdays on the Psalms, uh, the Songs of Jesus by Tim Keller, and on Tuesdays today, it's the, it's the daily devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest um, by Oswald Chambers. That's been around a long time. Perhaps you have even read it uh, before. And if that's the case, great. If you're reading it through it with me, that's good. And if you're just listening in to the studies and considering those things as we go along, I take a, a day or two or three of readings and kind of focus on that. And that's what we're doing uh, today from this past week around June the 6th. And the, uh, the, the lesson uh, today and the readings of those few days center around a passage in Philippians chapter 2. It's one that you might be familiar with. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And it says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, uh, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, that's a that's a pretty popular verse with those of us who like to encourage people to get to work and do something and remember that God wants us to have an active faith and all of those things are true. I've done all of those things and all of those things are very worthwhile. Uh, and so I want us to take a look at this. Uh, Oswald Chambers focuses on that passage in a day or two of the readings over the past week. Um, and uh, his title for this lesson is Work Out What God Works in You. And as you can see from the title of this Facebook study, uh, Work Out uh, Your Salvation, uh, Let God Work in You, something like that. Um, and so that, that's going to get us to verse 13, but let's talk about verse 12 first of all. Uh, working Out Your Own Salvation. Uh, that's a that's an interesting thing. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, the fear of God in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament wisdom literature, such as Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or Job or Psalms, talks about the one someone who reverences God, who respects God, not someone who is simply afraid of God and that's it, but rather it's a godly fear. It's a fear that is holds God in the utmost respect, the highest place in their life. And yeah, certainly uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of healthy fear of God. We don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God, as the writer of Hebrews tells us. That's a fearful prospect. Uh, but fear is a good motivation, but it's a very low-level motivation. As we grow in our faith, hopefully we we become afraid of God in that sense less and less and continue to reverence God and to fear him. In the Old Testament, fearing God means obeying his commandments. Uh, fearing God means serving the Lord. Um, and fearing God means loving him and loving others enough to be obedient to him as we serve other people. And it seems like that's what Paul is talking about here in Philippians 2. Um, we'll get to verse 13 in just a moment, but Philippians 2 verse 12 really should not be read without verse 13. And so uh, Chambers writes, what causes you to say, I will not obey, is something less deep and penetrating uh, than your will. It is perversity or stubbornness, and they are never in agreement with God. The most profound thing in a person is his will, not sin. 
Uh, that's really interesting. And, and he gets that from this verse, you know, and, and it's the question of why would a person not obey God? Why would a person deliberately disobey God uh, rather than uh, be obedient to him, working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Well, that's a really good question. And again, it goes back to our stubborn will. Some great old songs have been written and sung in churches uh, for decades about my stubborn will. And when I come to God, that stubborn will finally at last has yielded. That's a great, great song. Love that song. Uh, the will is the essential element in God's creation of human beings. Sin is a perverse nature which entered into people. So we have a will, and sometimes called a free will. We can either obey God or disobey God. We can serve him with fear and trembling, at, with godly respect and reverence, or we can choose to serve ourselves. So now it's time. Let's read verse 12 along with verse 13, shall we? Of Philippians 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Paul had worked with the church in Philippi in the northern part of modern day Greece. It's where the wonderful godly woman Lydia lived, uh, Paul's first convert on the European continent. We read about that in Acts chapter 16 on his second mission journey. And so now he's writing them a letter, and he's writing it from uh, from from prison. He's in jail, likely. It's the the uh, time that he spent in uh, under house arrest or some kind of incarceration in Rome, and that we read about in the last chapter of the book of Acts, Acts twenty eight. And he was there for it seems a couple years, and then released. But while he was there, he made good use of his time, and he wrote uh, several epistles. One of which was Philippians. And so he writes to them and he says, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Well, a lot of folks have emphasized verse 12 and never given the verse 13 the light of day. And yet verse 13 is really what moves verse 12. It is God who works in us. Uh, to will and to have and to do for his good purpose, to fulfill his good pleasure. And so as it talks about <clears throat> working out our salvation, it doesn't mean we earn our salvation. It doesn't mean we have to do some kind of checklist or something. We're saved by grace through faith. Once you have responded in faith, which I believe is believing in Jesus Christ and, and repenting of your sins, changing your path, uh, changing your life, to move towards God and be obedient to him uh, and uh, confessing that that's your desire, that's what you have, have done in your life, that's what you have committed to, and being baptized into Christ. As Ananias told Saul of Tarsus after he had been praying and fasting for three days, he had certainly repented. He had seen the Lord face to face. He had certainly believed, and yet Ananias told him in Acts 22, verse 16, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. So he hadn't washed his sins away. He hadn't finally called on the name of the Lord, even though he'd been praying and fasting for three days, even though he had seen Jesus on the road to Damascus. Still, his sins had to be washed away. Why? Because there's a response of faith. And that doesn't mean we earn that forgiveness that comes. It comes through the blood of Christ. If Jesus hadn't died, we could be baptized every day and it wouldn't matter. But because Jesus died, 
there is a response of faith. That question that's asked several times in the New Testament, what must I do to be saved, is always answered with an answer that includes the whole response of faith, believing, repenting of our sins, confessing that that is what we believe and that's our faith, and being baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of those sins. That's that's a, a clearly consistent response throughout the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament. And so when it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, what does that mean? Well, it means what verse 13 says, it, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So after we dry off, after being baptized, it doesn't mean that our service to the Lord is gone. It, it means our work is just beginning. And that's what verse 13 is talking about. And that's what verse 12 is talking about. Uh, God fulfilling his purpose for us by working in us and through us. And some would say, and I would agree, on us. Uh, God works in us, not work to accomplish or to earn that salvation. He gives us that by grace through faith. But now uh, to bring it to completion, uh, to see it through, uh, to be faithful uh, all the way to the point of death, uh, whatever that looks like, however long uh, that is. Uh, the only thing that uh, we seek to do is to serve the Lord, and that's, that's our desire. And so we realize that that's what God wants us to do. And I, one of the readings this week also that's related to this section is from John 13. In John 13, Jesus uh, washes the feet of the disciples just before he is betrayed just before Peter denies him and all of them leave him just before he is crucified on the cross. He, he meets with them in that upper room and because all of them are too proud to wash each other's feet and because there's no servant to do it, Jesus himself, the Son of God, uh, takes off his clothes, puts a towel around him, gets a basin of water and, and goes from smelly foot to smelly foot and washes the feet of those disciples. And then at the end of it, he asks this question, do you see what I've done for you? I, now that I, your Lord and master, have done this for you, you too ought to do this, not for me, Jesus says, but for others, for each other and for others. And Jesus tells them in John 13, verse 17, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. It's not just hearing that blesses us, it's hearing and obeying, responding. A lot of people know and feel it in their conscience that what they're doing is wrong, or maybe the right thing that they need to be doing, they're not doing, that that's wrong. And, and knowing that is, is a great thing, but if you don't act on that, what good does it do? Really, what good does it do? Jesus tells us that if we know these things, if we have come to realize these things, then we're blessed if, we're, if we do them. Um, the Lord says through Scripture in the book of James and other places that we should be doers of the Word and not, on, not hearers only. We should not just hear the Word, not just read the Bible, but actually apply it to our lives and, and seek to live pleasing to God. That's what it means to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I realize that it is God who I serve. I I, I keep going back to the two things that I believe about God. Number one, I believe that God exists. And number two, I believe that I'm not him. And so if I'm not him, if I'm not God, then that means I must look to God 
for the fulfillment of uh, the question, the response to the question, what, what should I do? How, how should I live? And if there's no Bible, if there's no word of God, there's no will of God, then I can live however I want. But there is a God, and I'm not him. And so, and this is his word. This Bible is the word of God. And so we read it and we try to know it, as Jesus said, but we also remember that he called on us to work out that salvation with fear and trembling and to let God work in us. How do we do that? We do that by submitting ourselves to his will. As Jesus said, you will be blessed if you do them. Uh, as James says, the brother of the Lord in James chapter 2, faith without works is dead. It's a dead faith. Uh, he says, I, I can show you my faith by what I do. You can see it. And Jesus himself said it in Matthew chapter 7, the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. When he was talking to them about a, a, a tree, he said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. By the fruit you shall know them. You'll know the difference between a wolf and a sheep by the fruit. By the fruit. And he tells that story of the wise man who built his house on the rock and the rains came down, the floods came up and the wise man's house, what did it do? Well, the wise man's house stood firm. And Jesus said that the person who hears my words and does them is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The one who hears my words and doesn't do them, Jesus says. That person is the one, is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Rains came, floods came, house went splat. Well, that's a great song. It's a fun song. The kids love it. The adults love it. Everybody loves it. But it's based on a story from Matthew chapter 7 from Jesus. It's based on his teaching that says, uh, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will, will find that eternal home but only the one who abides by the will of my Father in heaven. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, uh, starting in verse 21. And then he illustrates that with those stories about the wise and the foolish builder. The wise man who built his house on the rock is like the one who hears Jesus' words and does them. Hears the word of God, reads the Bible, and does it. Yes, imperfectly, I get that. And that's why Jesus came and lived and died. But that doesn't give us permission just to read these words and say, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to live the way I want to live anyway. That's not working out your salvation with fear and trembling, is it? That's just going about doing what you want to do anyway. Whether there's a God or not, whether the Bible is the word of God or not, whether Jesus really rose from the dead or not. I'll just go ahead and do what I want to do. Well, that's not working out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's not letting God work in you, as Paul says. That's, that's not hearing the words and obeying them and doing them. And therefore, according to Jesus Christ himself, being blessed. Uh, a great challenging passage, and, and we read it along with verses 1 through 11 of Philippians 2, which is that great call to live in consideration and respect and love towards one another, following the example of Christ, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to hold on to, but emptied himself and took upon himself human form, the form of a servant, submitted himself to even death on a cross. And so therefore God has highly exalted him, given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, that's exactly the passage that precedes these words. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I pray that you are working out your salvation with fear and trembling today and that you're doing so in order that you might let God work in you to accomplish his purpose in this world today. I'll see you on Thursday.